show evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. What's up guys my name's kaylee this is the murder with friends podcast where i call up my friends and i tell my favorite true crime stories today i'm gonna have my co-worker on his name is lewis damian glidewell and he actually witnessed his dad killing his mom so he's gonna be going more into that into what he remembers and where that has led him today so i hope y'all enjoy uh let me get him on the line and we will get started warning this podcast is for mature audiences only yes i'm talking to you little girl covered up with her unicorns and her care bears this will give you nightmares there will be talks of murder rape and a lot of foul language on my part. So go to bed. You want to introduce yourself right quick? My name is Lewis Damien Glidewell. We met because you're my coworker. We work at mm-hmm. Redo with me. And this whole conversation started when I told you that about my podcast. and It actually started with the book. Yes, it started because I had got my... Big Book of Serial Killers books by yes. Jake Jake Roswell. I forget. I'll tag it later. But yes, that's when it started. And then you were talking about your fascination with serial killers as well and how that began. And then it just went into this huge whirlwind of a story. And I just looked at you and with my jaw hanging to the floor... Um, (laughs) trying not to geek out and trying to be respectful, (laughs) (laughs) which is why I'm going to let you just go ahead and tell the story because I don't want to be disrespectful and ask personal questions. And I mean, I, that's just it. I, I want you to ask the questions. I want you to, I want your listeners to know the thoughts behind a victim. Yeah. yeah, Definitely. You know, every story has a victim. It's not only the, you know, person that dies, it's, it's everybody. And, you know, especially in your situation, I mean, it's, I mean, you were young and you probably don't really remember the exact, events but that's crazy i'll just i'll let you go into it i had to take the stand i I guess we could start off by saying uh if if you want to do any further research you can google uh robert lewis glidewell versus the state of georgia uh circa 1999 Um, a lot comes up uh yeah a lot comes up it was actually uh I remember correctly it was a two-month trial but uh two or three times if I remember correctly at 12 years old shit where where should I start um I guess we'll start uh born in uh Fort Tuca, Arizona to Carol Sue Blackburn and Robert Lewis Glidewell 
my father, who was a lieutenant in the Army. Of course, we did a lot of traveling around, moving around. We were started in Arizona, moved from there to Alaska, from there to Hawaii, which is where it all started. Needless to say, when my father finally retired from the military, we moved to Macon, Georgia in 199 or excuse me in 1989 my mother who uh if the story if i remember correctly was a branch manager at geico mm-hmm. and she was also <clears throat> moving around um in different ways because upon research i hate to say this about my mother but she was having an affair that dated back to when we were living in hawaii um, I do not remember the man's name. I do remember that he was a police officer, though. The affair started in Hawaii until my dad retired. We moved to Macon. My father, of course, being in the military. And let me just say the man had a very short temper. And that's still an understatement. I remember numerous times mentally and physically being abused over the years but back to what i was saying um my mother the night it happened let's let's go there my mother was going on vacation to florida come to find out the man that she was having an affair with back in hawaii had taken a job as a police officer in the state of florida she was going down there if i understand to uh, spend the weekend with him My father was fully aware that she was leaving him to do other things. Um, And, of course, to be with him. He was okay with that. But uh, the night that she was going to leave for her vacation to go spend time with him before the divorce was finalized, she wanted to take me. And my father was not having that. Because... He believed that when she left with me on vacation, she would not be coming back. My father, who, of course, had a short temper and when was angered easily, he he tended to black out. You know, of course, hitting and then proceeding with choking. Mm -hmm. Um, Trust me, I know because I dealt with that as well. But um, the only memory that I have of my mother is... Watching a 215-pound man sitting on her chest with his hands around her throat. And how old were you? I don't think you said. I was four years old at the time. I had just turned four uh, a month prior. Yeah, um, my mother was reported missing, if I remember correctly, August 18th, 1990. Mm His first go-to was always, she went on missing persons report. Um, But, of course, nobody believed a four-year-old child that his mother had just been killed by his father because I got a wild imagination. And who reported her missing? My aunt on my mom's side, which they were real close Mm -hmm. um, and talked every day. And she didn't call for a few days. So my aunt started calling couldn't get a hold of her, called the the new boyfriend, couldn't get a hold of him, or, you know, he hadn't heard from her because she was supposed to be down there already. That's when they filed a missing persons report. 
Um, details are a little blurry from there. Um, but unfortunately, that was also the night of my first attempted suicide. But that's it's not about me. It's about what happened that night and what I, I, I'm still trying to dig deep into what I guess I just don't have the mind of a killer. Right. Because it, it, it just it, it different excuses. Um, I remember if if it goes back um, not too long after the abuse started, uh, I kept asking my father, what what happened to mom? And uh, I remember the first excuse was, you don't remember she died in a car wreck in Hawaii. Jeez, like she never even made it to Florida. What are you talking about? Right. Wow. And um, then it went from, um, she left us to be with another man. Because mm-hmm. he, he, he think, he, he, I guess he thought that I wouldn't remember all this stuff. Right. And when the stories start changing, that's when you know something's really wrong. What real what really hit me that something was not right was when I was nine years old, I believe nine or ten, and my father and I went to the Social Security office, I believe it was. No, it was either the Social Security office or uh, claims office for her insurance. Because I remember I don't remember much of the conversation, but I remember my father saying that she was deceased and me asking him, what does deceased mean? Oh, shit. And he's like, this is for grownups. Go sit down. What a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess he tried everything he could to mentally and physically beat it out of me. But um, I forget a lot of shit, but I don't forget that. No, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't imagine anybody forgetting that. I think it's crazy that you remember that at four years old. Well, um, they, they say that the, the memories that stick with you the hardest are trauma memories, you know, something that strikes to that, that certain gland in the brain that just sticks. And of course, you know, what, more better trauma than watching your mother get killed by your father. That's nuts, dude. Whoa. I don't even really remember her face just by pictures that I have of her. Right. I just remember watching him killing her. Jeez. And let me give you an example as to how abusive and how quick to anger my father was. Mm -hmm. When about a year before the arrest happened, um, we were raising some rabbits um, and it was my job to change out the hay. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't find the hay, but there was what looked like a small batch of hay up on top of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I used that to line the bottom of the, the pen for the rabbit. Come to find out that was supposedly a high dollar feed for the rabbits. And when my father saw that what I had done, um, all I remember was the backhand and me hitting the house. Shit. Shut the fuck up. That's like... So, I mean, that, that just shows you just how quick to anger he is. Yeah. That's... Wow. Wow. So, I mean, there's no telling. I could have... Because, I mean, I was a hell of a child. I, I, now that I look back at it, I, I was a hellion. I, I was hell on wheels, and I was bound for it. 
Right. And I mean, honestly, I'm surprised he didn't kill me because I remember a couple times his hands being around my throat as well. Yeah. And me thinking, am I next? Yeah. I could I only imagine. Well, um, so when did they, like, where did he put her? Like, where that she wasn't found for eight well, years? At, at the time, the only thing out where she was laid to rest in a shallow grave was this gas station called Sugar Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's out there, um, way out, out off Harley Bridge Road. You take, you know, out past, heading out towards um, Roberta. Like Lizella? Yeah, out towards Lizella. Okay. The only thing back behind Sugar Bear was just big old patch of woods. And my family was known for walking them trails. And, and you know, we we knew we knew them, them trails. We knew the, the, the backwoods. Right, right. The only thing that... Uh, caused the discovery was when they finally started cutting a road through to build a subdivision Mm -hmm. and you know them tilling the ground they came across her remains and um the only way that they could tell that it was her was what a little bit of dna the clothes that she had and the jewelry that she was wearing wow you imagine like that much time it must have been nothing but a skeleton yeah that, that's all that was left and and that's... and and to be perfectly honest still to this day she is yet to be laid to rest she yeah why uh because my father is still fighting uh tooth and nail that he is innocent so she is still deemed as evidence oh, what the fuck? so here we are 30 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, over 30 years later, and she's still yet to be laid to rest. Oh, my God. Still yet to have peace. Jesus fucking Christ. That's absolutely god-awful. And um, it, it's hard for me because he won't give up, even though he, I mean, they, they sentenced him, if I remember correctly, to third degree manslaughter, aka, you know, murder of passion. Right, right. Which got him 20 years. That's uh, stupid. And throughout all them years, he's taken everybody in my family to court for money and has even tried to get money from me. Of course. That's- <laughs> I mean, why not at this point? My God. Now, That's... keep in mind, my, my, my father got out two years ago. But seeing as how he's still trying to clear his name, they still have her remains. But he was found guilty. He can't be... Exactly. It's exactly. double jeopardy. He can't be tried again. No, he can't be tried again. But he's doing everything he can to prove that he it's not him. When surely my eyes don't lie. No. And you said he's married, right? Yes. The last time I heard he had already remarried. He was remarried three months out of prison. 
Oh my fucking god! So That's so crazy. So, yeah. So the man is very, very good at talking to women. And how old is he now? Oh shit! Um, he was born in fifty-two. Okay, so I'm like, you're you're just out of prison. You're that freaking old. Why do you want a wife? I mean, seriously, come on. That's nuts. You need to focus on getting your shit together. Yeah. Because he's like seventy years old. At that age, what what, what do you need a woman for? <laughs> yeah, like as that, I mean, he might have too much arthritis in his hands. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> God knows he can't make his own sandwich, right? <laughs> oh no, you know, he had people in jail do that for him. You know, prison. And I mean, this is what gets me is the man was in the army, so he shouldn't have gone to a regular prison. Right. Because he. Oh, yeah, he was. Well, I guess since he was out by then, I don't know. I don't know. But that's. Yeah, that's an interesting fact, because once you're in the military, like that's a whole nother level. Yeah, but I mean, he was already out of the military by the time this had happened, so I, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how that plays out from there. I mean, I've heard of cases where I, I forget which cases because I just I've heard so many, but I've heard people that like just got out of the military, like they'll fudge it a little bit to where, you know, it. You know, they still get tried by military. Military standards because you right. were in the military. You, you you know better. Right. I mean, like, that goes into, like, the military courts and yeah. stuff. See, that's another thing. Because if he proves he's innocent in, you know, our, in our federal courts, the military courts can even get him. Like, they could pass it on. Yeah. Yeah, you might have went and like fought for the country, but you're not still fighting for the country. You don't kill people. <laughs> right. It's like you, you kill the enemy, not 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 your yeah. own people. Yeah, not your wife, soon be ex wife, you know. Who cares? It's the the mother of your child. Yeah. Period. So okay, he went to jail, he killed your mom. What happened to you? In 1998, when my or when he was initially arrested, I moved in with my uncle on my father's side. At which time, uh, of course, there was a lot going on. I bounced between him and my grandparents back and forth. When it was finally settled, probably a few months before the trial, I stayed. I was staying with my uncle full time then, um, because I remember. So, um, because the trial was in Jones County. Mm-hmm. You had a 12-year-old child who's got a lot going on and is rambunctious and wild as can be. We we had it out a lot, especially when it came to my schooling, because I refused to do homework, refused to do classwork, yet I still passed. After things blew up between me and my uncle, I went and lived with my, my aunt. I stayed with her for about a year until her and her now ex-husband he wanted a divorce and we were living in river North and I'm guessing river North is in Jones County. I stayed with my uncle for about a year 
until there was a lot of tension because, of course, my uncle had a newborn child. She couldn't afford to take care of me on her uh, disability and my Social Security checks I was drawing each month. Mm-hmm. So um, I went and stayed with my grandparents for a little bit. And my grandfather, who um, was, God was his soul, was, um, was a Shriner and a Mason. Mm-hmm. Well, his lodge ended up sponsoring me so that I could move into the Masonic Children's Home in Macon, uh, at which time I was 14 years old. What, the Masonic Children's Home? Yeah. It is a private funded uh, children's home for, you can't, we can't say juvenile delinquents, but it's children who are in a really tough position. Like we still, all of us still had family that we could go to go and see on the weekends. It's just there were certain circumstances that were withholding us from being us children from being with our family full time. So like a boarding school? Yeah, like, like a boarding a home, school? I guess like boarding yeah. home, I guess you'd call it. Um they they sent us all to private schools and when we graduated from high school they sent us to college. And oh, that's good. Yeah, they, they they paid for my college. Um, after that, um, went to college for a few years, and then I left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's hard to truly put into detail eight years of fuckery. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine you know living with. Somebody that you know yeah. killed your mother, and nobody believed me. Nobody believed you. That's just that's until they found her body, and then all of a sudden, huh? Damien didn't have such a wild imagination after all. Like he might be onto something. No shit. <laughs> I mean, you 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 think that back then they'd have enough sense to put two and two together, say, well, the son is saying that sh- sh- daddy did something to mommy. Sister's saying that she hasn't heard from sister in a couple days when they talk every day. Like, New boyfriend a four-year-old just doesn't come up with that. Like a wild Marvel imagination is, is one thing, but a Graphic imagination about homicide is um, skeptical. Like Marvel is for. If Marvel said something like that, like. What's like, whoa, what? what? Wow, that's insane. So who did you say that to? Like just anybody that would listen? The night it happened, I remember saying to my grandmother, Daddy did something to mommy. Because after it happened, my dad took me to my grandparents' house in which I stayed the night, which I remember that that all that because, like I said, that was also the night of my first attempt at suicide. Right, right. Um, And what did you say? You, like, took a lot of aspirin? I, I took a whole bottle of Tylenol. Right, jeez. At four years old, like you just you don't. That's that's nuts. That that shouldn't be in your mindset. No, 
all I could think about is Marvel. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean it's hard to do that. It's hard to think that Marvel would do something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine Marvel having to go a child like Marvel going through that. Right, right. Because that's all I'm thinking about. And if if Will were to kill me and nobody listened to Marvel, I would have a problem with that. <laughs> so who else did you tell? You said you told your grandma that night. Uh, I don't remember my grandfather being there. So do you think your grandfather knew? Do you think anybody knew? Now that I think about it, because here's the thing. My grandfather owned his own backhoe company. But he wouldn't have helped get rid of her because it was said to be in a shallow grave. Right. But I mean, you know how they say trust your gut feeling? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. My my gut feeling told me all these years that somebody in my family knew. Somebody had to have known because it's like nothing like that just stays a secret for eight years. Like it just it doesn't happen. Somebody had at least an inkling, you know. Yeah. Especially your father having a temper that he did. Yeah. Somebody knew something. And and the reason that it, you know it was all put together was because all the all during the trial, all the ex-girlfriends and Mm ex-wives, because like I said, my father was very good at talking to women. Very, very good. Um, Most people like that are. As a matter of fact, I, I remember him being married three or four times in the eight years on top of multiple girlfriends. Each one of them said that would say the exact same thing. When he got mad and got violent, he'd get violent. And the first thing he'd want to do is go for the throat. And, like, you know, it's funny you say, you know, he he was really good at talking to women. Most guys like that are. That's how they get you. They don't start off by, you know, going for the throat and, you know, just snapping off the rip. It's... You know, they're this nice guy. You know, it's their uh, this. It's the it's the great you know the the great neighbor that you know guy you can go to and yeah. ask anything. Exactly. Which is why I live out in the country because I don't want nobody asking me for shit. <laughs> it has its perks. Oh yeah, Forsyth is is blowing up now. They got a Zaxby's and they got a. They got a Moe's uh, Southwest Grill. Oh, yeah. Baller. Right? Don't get me wrong. I love me some damn Moe's. I remember my little brother, first time he went, he got food poisoning. And I'm just like, uh, yeah, uh, no thanks. Yeah. Um, so that kind of <laughs> put me off. But I heard it was good. Yeah, fun fact. I hold the record right now at the Moe's closest to my house for biggest uh, burrito. Oh shit! Three point two pounds. God damn! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, if you if you remind me of work tomorrow, I'll show you a picture of it. Did you eat all that? God damn right, I did. <laughs> Along with the chips and salsa. 
<laughs> I, I, I guess in the long run, um, because I look at my uncle more as a father because he taught me, you know, how to be a man, I guess you could say. He taught me how to work hard for my money, how to um, help and stuff like that. And um, I guess the only thing I learned from my father is how not to treat a woman. You can't, you know, hit them and choke them. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely a no-no. Yeah, that's a big no-no. In shock. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Like, yeah. I am. Like, I've been, you know, we've been talking about this for what? Like, two weeks. Yeah. And I just, I'm still just like, what? Because you, I'm... I've never met anybody that that's happened to personally. Yeah, you you, you so don't actually. That's a first. You don't actually know a personal story. Um, kids that their, you know, dad hit their mom and, you know, was not a very nice person. And, you know, my dad was kind of a piece of shit. But, you know, it's different to hear it from a podcast. Yeah. Than to actually, you know, hear it from a person. Yeah, you, you actually you can you can hear that experience in their voice. But when I met you, it was like I could tell you've been through some shit. You know, you could just tell when somebody's been through a whole bunch of bullshit yeah. in their life. And but, I kind of take what I've lived through and help motivate people that think that they've had a hard life. Trust me, it could be a lot worse. And um, parents are in the pro, you know, on the verge of losing their company. Um, and he's just a wreck because he doesn't know what's going to happen. Y'all, y'all still got. I was like, "There's nothing for y'all to worry about." It's like, trust me, you could be a lot worse off. You know, my theory about worrying about stuff, and I know I worry a lot about stuff, especially at work. I'm very, you know, tense and stressed. That's because that's your job as as the as the as the secretary. There's no point if it happens; it's going to happen. It's not gonna get better because you're stressing about right. it. All you could do, you know, if you're religious, you could pray about it. If, you know, if you're not, then you just hope for the best. But you can't stress about it. You know, I like to have positive people around me. We might, you know, say a bunch of dark stuff, and you know, like I just I'm. I have a very dark sense of humor, so <laughs> I, th- I, I know think you do too. And all that has happened to me it, is where the dark sense of humor kind of comes from. Where mine, it's just I grew up with guys, and I just might get through stuff. You know, definitely a defense mechanism to some people. And who is your favorite serial killer? My favorite serial serial. First of all, because it's like... I'd have to go Zodiac Killer because he still hasn't been caught. And just the way that he went about his messages was just 
they still haven't like siphoned out some of his messages. Exactly. That we'd have to go with Jack the Ripper. Good one too. So you like like unsolved? Like... Yeah, unsolved mysteries is my thing. Solved mysteries as a kid. Uh, Israel Keys. If you don't know anything about Israel Keys, you gotta look them up. Well, that sounds like something um, you should do in your podcast next week so I can listen to it. Oh, I definitely will. Because I need to go into deep detail with uh, Willie P about that. And Make sure he's sober this time. No, he's way more fun. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Way more fun. Awesome. Uh, (laughs) Serial killer, you know, we hear their backstories and it's all traumatic. And then they grow up to kill people. And like, and totally like on your dad's side, it'd be like, yeah, women... You know, he was cheating. She deserved it. This, that, and the other. And yeah, it could totally went the other way. No, I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody does. Nobody so, deserves to to get killed. To... No. Ab- absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just, you know. But with your life, yeah. it could have definitely went the other way. And... um we still kill anybody? I don't know. Keep a Google um, alert on <laughs> Lewis Gladwell. Okay? Well, trust me. Uh, <laughs> I don't see any reason to kill anybody. Not yet, anyways. Yet, the right again, that's why, yet. yet again, that's why I moved out to the country. <laughs> All right. Well, um, well, thank you for telling your story. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I think that I do want to do a future Q&A with Damien because I just didn't know what I could ask and what I couldn't. So if y'all have any questions, send me an email. And if I get enough emails, then I will definitely do a Q&A with him. Next week, I will have Willie P back on, and we have some really exciting news for you guys. So, if you haven't joined yet, the Facebook group is Murder with Friends Podcast. There is an Instagram at Murder with Friends. Send me an email, murderwithfriends at yahoo.com, and our website, murderwithfriendspodcast.com. And remember, If you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends. Bye, you guys.